may be seated. Again, our, our rules of engagement, our ROEs, is as follows. Uh, we love the discussion. We just ask that if you have a comment, that you would just grab a microphone so that those that are online can also uh, hear what we're discussing here in the sanctuary. Um, again, as I stated earlier, our discussion will come from Ephesians, the third chapter. Uh, the book of Ephesians, as I reiterated, uh, uh, is, uh, is written by the Paul. In this chapter, he calls himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Um, a little background again. The book of Ephesians is composed of six chapters. The first three chapters deal with doctrine. The final three chapters deal with duty. The first three chapters deal with spiritual content. The final three chapters deal with spiritual conduct. One key theme in the book of Ephesians is the unity of the family of God by Jesus Christ. The third chapter of Ephesians deal with the wisdom to accept God's wisdom and what he says about the believer. Hence, tonight's topic, we are what we think. All of the readings that I'll be doing tonight will come from the New American Standard Version of the Bible. Yours may read a little bit differently, but I believe they uh, relay the same message. So let us begin uh, Ephesians, the third chapter, verse 1, New American Standard. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the Gentiles, Paul begins to explain the application of, in verse 1 of what he has discussed in chapter 2. For this reason, he said. But then in the middle of this, he pauses. It dawns on him that he hasn't expounded on the subject in verse 2 to its maximum potential. Paul has more to say about what he's already said in chapter 2. He is overwhelmed by this thing called the family of God, made up of people from every background and every race. And Paul wants to make sure that they, the Ephesians and us, know who we are. In verse 14, he'll pick up where he left off in verse 1. He'll start by saying, for this reason, in verse 14. So let's, again, let's deal with verse 1. Paul was a prisoner because he believed and proclaimed the gospel. This commitment caused him to be imprisoned in Rome. Let us make sure we understand that. Paul was in Rome. He was in prison simply because of his sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was literally in prison when he wrote this letter to the Ephesians. Paul was also spiritually in prison. This, he was in prison to Jesus Christ. This imprisonment gave him freedom. Somebody say freedom. How many of you know that you can have some freedom in being in prison with Jesus Christ? And so he is proud of the fact that he is a prisoner of Jesus Christ. 
He's a prisoner of Jesus Christ for what he says for the sake of the Gentiles. So verse 2, he says this. Indeed, excuse me, let me turn back. I want to make sure I'm reading. Yeah, verse 2. If indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you. It's important that you, we understand that. He says, God gave him the stewardship of grace. It was given to me, but it was given to you. Paul said, I, I got this grace of stewardship, but it was given to me for you. And so he's, he's making sure, and we already know what stewardship is because that is our theme for this year, right? It means to manage. It means to administrate. Paul was managing something for God. He was given the duty to oversee and administer the grace of God to the Ephesians, to the non-Gentiles, to the, to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews. He was given the stewardship or the administration to the Gentiles, which represents the world. We are Gentiles, right? According to the Bible, anybody that's a non-Jew is considered biblically as a Gentile. Can we go back for a minute? Sure. I have a question. Sure. Why did he call himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ? Sure. Well, because initially, if, if, I, if I may just go a little bit farther, he was a literal prisoner first. He was locked up. When Paul wrote this letter, he was locked up. So he was already a prisoner of Rome. But Paul wanted us to know he ain't just a prisoner. He's not a prisoner of a man. He's a prisoner of Jesus Christ. In other words, I am a prisoner. I am locked up into what God would have me to do come whatever circumstances that may. So that's why he refers, hey, uh, see, because in, in he could have literally got out of prison. Y'all better hear me, right? All he had to do was stop talking about Jesus. And they would have let him go. <laughs> but Paul said, hey, that's a deal breaker, Major. Because I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I can't let this go. And so hopefully that answers your question a little bit. Verse 3 through 4. That by the revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. He's going back into uh, verses chapter 1 and 2 where he talks about mystery. As I wrote, so he says, before I, as I wrote in brief. By referring to this, when you read this, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. That's what he's saying. The grace that God gave Paul was for the Gentiles, and it was called the mystery of Christ, which God had made known to Paul by revelation. So he said, hey, there's a mystery of Christ, but God gave me the revelation to that mystery. That, that's important. It's a mystery, but I got revelation. To what that mystery is. 
And so Paul wants us to make sure that we understand, as I stated before, and I, I know i got to go backwards in order to go forward if that makes sense, because I told you previously, for those of you that were here, I said a mystery is not something mysterious, if you recall that, and difficult to understand. Rather, it is a truth. Somebody say a truth. That has been locked up in God's plan for the ages until he, God, is ready to reveal it to man. When the time comes, God unlocks the truth and opens it up, which is called revelation. When God opens up something, it's called revelation. It means it's being revealed. You, you, you wouldn't have known that unless God opened it up and showed it to you. And that's what he's saying. He said, hey, listen. I didn't know this. I couldn't have known it. My humanness, my, my, my human mind, my pea brain, Gloria, could not have grasped this, but God made it known to me. He revealed it to me. God's still revealing stuff today. And sometimes you, you'll be reading something, and, and then all of a sudden it'll go, God is revealing to you through the, his Holy Spirit, or what it is that you sh should be grasping from that particular passage, right? A revelation is a spiritual truth that would not be known without God giving it. Read verses 5. I'm going to read. Which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his Holy Spirit apostles, and prophets in the spirit. Paul is letting us know that there were people in times past that had no clue about this mystery. No clue. There were people that came before him and, and some others. They didn't have a clue of what God was going to do. But now God has seen fit. Somebody say fit. And, and see, we're, we, we get the benefits of being, of God being, see, you know, see fit to make it known. We're getting benefits that there are some saints that didn't get the benefit of knowing all of this. This mystery was a, a sacred secret that was not understood until God made it known to the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Yeah, if you're not careful, you'll, 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 you'll let that fly over your head. God is a spirit. When God deals with people, when, when God deals with us, Anthony, when he talks to us, he's going to engage the spirit man of you. <laughs> he's a spirit. That's why the flesh can't understand him, Major. Because he's spirit. That's why uh, Greg, he revealed it to them, his mystery, but he did it in the... Go ahead, Brother Anthony. All of this comes, Father, because he talks to Abraham. Hmm. He's going to be the father of many nations. Amen. And yet... And Abraham's fine, not mine. He can't grasp all of this. Can't grasp. Being told because 
you're still talking about Paul going to a Gentile. Mm -hmm. And in the book of Acts, it talks about what Pastor was mentioning. The sheep comes down. Peter's having this vision. Mm -hmm. And God's trying to reveal to him what he wants to do. And these guys are knocking at the door. Yeah. Hey, come go because this man needs to hear this. Mm -hmm. And Peter goes to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. But see, a lot of this is the indoctrination of the Jews. That's hey, right. We don't associate, you know, this makes us unclean. And they have all of these laws that they have to maintain just in order to stay clean. And a lot of these things are end up being our preconceived ideas and things that had to be tore down so that something can be revealed. Amen. Amen. That's, that's good, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, I like the way he went all the way back to Father Abraham. You know, even Abraham didn't have no idea we were going to be included because <laughs> God didn't reveal it to him. He just told him, you're going to be the father of many nations, Greg, but he never, Father Abraham never knew that you were going to be included in that family because it wasn't for him to know. God reveals to whom, what he wants to whom he wants. Amen? Verse 6. To be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. This is exactly what Anthony just said earlier. God made some promises, and the Jews are, uh, were of the understanding that those promises was only for them. <laughs> go ahead, Hurt. Go, go ahead. No, no, you got to get a mic, brother. Just making note that Abraham was not a Jew. Okay. You know what I'm saying? When God said he's going to make men a nation, he wasn't talking about, uh, it wasn't about, about no Jew. He said men a nation. I agree. And so I'm just, I'm just saying that a lot of times people will tag Abraham as a Jew, mm -hmm. but he was not a Jew. Yeah. Good, good. And I appreciate you pointing it out. And so because he's, he's revealing all the truth. The reason I specifically said the Jews, because in most of, your, most of our minds, that's what you think. Because we have, and like her said, we have been indoctrinated. I think Anthony used that word to think that. But Paul is coming behind all of this and breaking up all this indoctrination and says, hey, y'all are, are fellow partakers in the promises of Christ through the gospel, right? Paul is driving home the fact that God broke down the division between the Jews and the Gentiles. It's broken down. God has broken that. Uh, Anthony, I think he referred to peace. It's been broken down. Through the gospel, both groups, which we included in that group, have been brought into one body. Somebody say one body. In Christ Jesus, there's only one body. There's not one for, for, for this group, and it's not, one for that group. It's only one body, Sister Vernica. And all of them have been brought into that one body. This gospel has brought us into one body and reconciled. See, as Anthony said, there was a lot of rules, regulation. There was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles. 
I mean, the Jew, I mean, and so God said, hey, listen, I'm cleaning all that. I'm, I'm making it known. This is how it works now. That everybody is fellow partakers of grace. In other words, everybody that accepts my son, Jesus Christ, is on equal footing. You gotta remember what we talked when I when I told you earlier, because 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 it's to your benefit to understand what he's telling you. He's telling me. Because the topic major is you are we are what we think. If you don't grasp what he's telling you, you'll live beneath your you'll live beneath him. People will ostracize you for it. And you'll believe that stuff, Sister Vernica. So you got to understand why Paul is, that's why I think he goes back in time to readdress. You know how you start something and you think you're finished, but then I'll say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to go readdress that. Because, I mean, a lot of this stuff that we're talking about right here, he's going to switch gears in a moment, but he's talking about stuff he's already told us in chapter 2. But sometimes learning comes through repetition. <laughs> we don't get it the first time. <laughs> so Paul said, let me tell you, uh, uh, let me tell you, sister, let me repeat myself. Sometimes when we hear, you know, when we, mother, when we hear somebody repeat, we go, oh, that must be pretty important. They done told me that two or three times. If you have been brought into God's family through the blood of Christ, somebody said the blood, the color of your skin does not matter. It ain't Black History Month, so I ain't gonna get deep down there. Greg got a question. Go ahead, Greg, get, get, get your microphone. No, 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 get, hey, no, don't, hey, we, we can get wherever the Lord take us. Help him out. He, he, you ain't coming through the mic. Is it green? It's green. Oh, yeah, it's green. Like I said, not to get controversial. So, take today's time. Do, not say you, but do you, the Christian world, the Christian church, do they think that the Jews, when they have service, are they taking part in saying, from where Paul started to write, books of the Bible that he wrote, that he's speaking that, okay, the Gentiles are going to be partakers just like they are, do you think that they're teaching that when they have their service, that hey, although the non-Jews, that we're not considered, say, the chosen, but by the grace of God that we have been called that, hey, we have the equal billing as they do? Right, that's a great question. And just like you know, there's a lot of things in the Bible that people embrace and don't embrace, right? And so even amongst the Jews, there are some that don't embrace this speech. But there are some that do. That even in Christianity, <laughs> let me make sure, because it's easy to look at it. Even in Christianity, there are some that don't embrace what I just told you. That we, through the blood of Christ are equal. Some people can't handle that. <laughs> what? 
You don't look like me. How can we be equal? The reason we can be equal is because of the blood. It's one blood. And everybody that comes through Jesus under that blood comes through him. We're equal because we all come through him. And, and, and again, that's where what you believe is more important than what people say. I, I mean, that's why you can walk. I mean, you, I mean, you know, I, I like talking to my friend, Adrian. That's why she can walk with the confidence that she walked with. Because I believe that she knows who she is in Christ. Once you know who you is in Christ, all of the other stuff don't really phase you. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, brother. brother. Oh, absolutely. Hey, Major, I'm telling you, even even in today's Christianity, I experience that now. (laughs) But it don't stop me from walking like a child of of, a king. I walk in there, I can, uh, when they they see me, I can, you know how you can sense it? I didn't expect him to look like that. <laughs> what? But, I, but, but we're equal, right? Regardless of your race, you got the same spiritual DNA. See, see that's what really matters. Again, we're talking spiritual, right? God, see, God, God always works in the spirit, and then he allows it to manifest in the earth. God always talks from a spiritual perspective. Even now when he talks to us, he said, hey, y'all got the same DNA. He's speaking from a higher level. <laughs> a lot of us, we, we focus in, you know, when they're they doing these, 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 these checks, they want to say, wait, what, what the DNA? You know how they do, maybe. A mother... Uh, Knowing God a confidential, just knowing God, everything is confidential to me. And huh. let me tell you, when I come to the America first time, 1970, mm. I see this lane. I said, that's all, America is so big, beautiful, every, and all is mine. <laughs> Oh, wherever I go, everything is mine. But what I, I use a portion of it. And whatever I do, and hey, that's his, which is he is mine. Amen. You see? And then I thank you, God. And I always say this I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Grace over his. He, and let me know him, learn about him. Therefore, I, whatever, whatever is, wherever I go, <laughs> it is mine. Mm. Brothers, sisters, you all 
my sister brothers. That's right. Whether, whether they believe in God or not, mm. they are my brothers' sisters. That is why we have to loving each other. That is why we share what God's love. That is why he gives you knowledge, wisdom, share. Because everything comes from him. That, all, that is mine. You see, and that confidential. That you know, not to talk about DNA. Oh, yes, <laughs> I am his. Amen. Oh, oh absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know. We receive the same, we the Gentiles receive the same promises of Christ as did the Jews. And the promises of Christ, of course, involves all the promises of God. And here's what y'all need to understand. You know, you know they, they got books out there that help you, just in case you don't know. God has made a lot of promises. Y'all better hear me. He has made a lot of promises. And he ain't like us. You know how sometimes we make promises? <laughs> and we break them? God don't break his promise. The problem sometimes is how do you grasp the promise when you don't know what it is? <laughs> That's why it's imperative for us to know what it is that God has made available to us. That's why Paul goes back in time. Listen, he's going to get here deeply. He's going to almost make you cry. Because Paul going to say something that's, that's powerful. He, and he ain't thinking like Miss he ain't thinking about himself when he says this. Forget about me. This is about you. He's talking to the Ephesians, but he's talking to you too, Myrna. And so, again, when we get there, you, you're going to see some things. It's imperative that we understand who we are in Christ. Verse 7 and 8. Of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to me, given to preach to the Gentiles. See, y'all gonna, you're gonna find out here later, Paul saw it as a privilege to tell you about you and what God has in store for you. He saw it as a privilege. I mean, and so we're going we're to we're see that just a moment. To me, the very least of all the saints. Paul saying, you know, in his mind, he was the least of all. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. I mean, that's a big word, right? Some of your body might say incalculable. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. I mean, and if you got a different piece, we, but we're going to address them all. Paul says he was made a minister. Y'all know what a minister is, right? See, that's why you, people like me and Adrian, we, we, don't, get we don't get caught in, 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 in glory. We don't get caught up in titles. Because minister simply means, Mother Lies, 
you a servant. That's what he was saying. Hey, hey, listen. See, that's why Pastor, I mean, you know, he kind of let the fact, if you've been following this ministry, ministry before, Pastor made that known to you from the beginning of time. He said, in this ministry, the way it's supposed to work is the minister is supposed to do what? Serve who? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, a lot, lot, lot hey, 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 Adrian, a lot of preachers don't want that word to get out. <laughs> Why? Because they want to be. But Paul said, hey, no, they, they ain't how it works. A minister is a servant. And so he said, I'm a servant of this gospel by God's grace. In other words, I get to share and, 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 and through words, through deeds. Y'all know, y'all do know that you can share this gospel through deeds too, right? I mean, we we we're supposed to share with, you know, through 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 words, but deeds also speak volumes, right? Y'all know what deeds is, right? Like Miss Anna saying, hey, putting the word into practice. That's all he's saying. And so he says, that Paul said, hey, listen, this grace and power was so mighty that me, y'all can remember, y'all do know where Paul came from, right? Before he got transformed, right? Paul, somebody. Huh? Yeah, 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 Saul. But, but even that, he was somebody in the Pharisees. He was one of them, what they call, what we would, in today's term, call a shot caller. <laughs> but when he get on Jesus' team, he said, ain't nobody. I'm the least of, 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 of the. <laughs> Why? Because he understands that, hey, it ain't about me. It's about the person who I serve, right? And, and so the same thing you and I got to understand, Major, as we go out here and God put us on display, because we're going to get to that, right? The only, one, of, one of your primary missions in the earth as a Christian, as a believer, is so that God can put you on display. To show you off. So they can say, oh, that Anthony. Look at God. So, 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 so again, he, he, he's addressing that too. He says, incapable, and I said some said unfathomable, right? So let's, let's break these definitions down. They, they mean the same. Unfathomable means incapable of being fully explored or understood. Incalculable means too great to be calculated or estimated. Y'all got to catch this. Paul is telling the Ephesians and now us that he has been given the privilege of telling us something about us that is impossible for us fully to understand or to calculate. 
major. As smart as you are, and I believe you're a very smart man, you cannot fully understand or calculate the riches that come with being in Christ. <laughs> That's powerful. Mother, I know you're smart, but you, you, I mean, you, you get all them, what, what, you, know, you know they got all them computers now, the ones that folk can take them all to them digits, but you still can't calculate it. <laughs> you can't understand what is available to you simply because you are in him. Man, I, Major, when God gave me that piece and I saw it, I, I got happy there. Hopefully I ain't disturbed because even though you know, she's preparing to, to speak on, 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 uh, on Sunday, but her office is you know, right down the hall from mine. And when, I, when, when God allowed me to see that manifest and see it, Latham, you, you can't understand. What I got in store for you. <laughs> Get a mic. Come on, man. man you, you're dropping too many nuggets. No, no, you, no, you're dropping too many nuggets, man. No, no, just go ahead and say what you're going to say. I'm, I'm saying, think about how good that is, that you can't even fathom. You can't, you can't even imagine how good he is to us or how good he's going to be. Yeah. What he has for us. Yeah. You, you can't even imagine it. Can't just think imagine. about that. In your wildest dreams, you can't even. Yeah, yeah. Do your wildest dream and then keep magnified, and you still ain't going to get there. That's so good. Like, like my mother said, that's shouting stuff there. Yeah. See, see, that's the kind of stuff that make you get up in the morning, and, and no matter what going on in your life. Major, you preaching, man. Oh, yeah, ma Major, you got to repeat that because you said some juicy, powerful stuff. And everybody heard it here, but the people online, so go on, say it again. Go on, man, get the mic. Come on, man. That was good. Well, hey, 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 for you, hey, you know, Major said some, it was powerful. It, it was good. No, it ain't that. He just was in the moment. I mean, that was, man, that was good, man. Wow. Good stuff. <laughs> we can't come calculate the riches that come with Christ. Why? Because the riches of being in Christ is limitless. You know how they used to say, the sky is the limit? Not for you. <laughs> the sky ain't even the limit for you. I already told you, if you go back in time, then we say, hey, hey we can operate in the, in the heavenlies. That's higher than the Boy, I tell you, if you, that's why he keeps pounding, man, Paul is trying to pound it into our, to the Ephesians, into our head. Listen, man.
Why? Because he, he gonna, he, there's some things he wants you to have access to, and he knows you can't get access to it unless you believe what he's telling you. Ah. Verse 9 and 10. And to bring to light what the administration of the mystery was for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. Verse 10. So that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church. You remember I told you what the church means, right? Y'all know what the church means, right? That's y'all, right? People, right? To the church, the rules and authorities in heavenly places. This really going to blow your mind, Major. These incalculable riches are made known as Paul exposes the mysteries hidden for ages in God. Why reveal the mystery, glory? So that God's all-purpose wisdom may now be known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heaven. This is what really got my mind. Even the angels didn't know God's plan for you. <laughs> God's listening. From the beginning of time, I got this great plan for, for Major, for, for Miss Anna, for, for, for Miss Eliza, for Myrna, for, for Vernica, for, for all of us, and I ain't even let the angels in on it. <laughs> so now the angels are, are, are seeing, when God reveals, he's seeing it, and they get up and they look in amazement. At what God is doing through you. <laughs> Y'all got to catch that picture. The angels stand up and they look and they say, I am amazed at God's wisdom and what he's doing through for me, <laughs> Woo! What he's doing through you, Willie. What he's doing through you, glory. They are amazed at God's eternal purpose for you. <laughs> they, they, they didn't even have a clue that God was. <sighs> Major, they are amazed at your access to the presence of God in heaven. They live in heaven, and they are amazed at the access you got to God. You got it, Sister Pam. Because you in Christ. And here's the thing you got to believe with all your heart. When you talk to God, he's listening. <laughs> right. When you talk to him, you get his attention. When you knock on the door, he says, who is it? Pam, come on in, have a seat. <laughs> Listen, you got access. I'm, I'm way ahead of myself now, Adrian. <laughs> Greg, you can't even walk into the mayor's office in Fort Walton Beach. You call yourself strolling up in there, somebody's going to put you a stop on you. <laughs> you better hear me. Go down to Tallahassee and try to see Ron DeSantis. Somebody's going to stop you. 
Try to go see Biden up in Washington, D.C. Somebody going to stop you. But when you want to see the supreme God, nobody. <laughs> nobody. Man, come on, Major. Answer. Every time. Ain't too busy. For you. And what you said about uh, the angels being being amazed, you know, that's that's, man, I got I got some. Well, I had some friends. I probably still got some friends that would would look at my life and say, if God changed that dude, that dude right there, if God changed him, there is a God. I they, think we they, all got that. I mean. I know you feel. Hey, I got a similar testimony, right? I never forget, right? My mom grew, we grew up in the church. Then I joined the military, got off track. You know what I mean? You know, I, yeah, I got off track. But one thing I do know, my mom was saying, my mom, that's a praying woman, man. I mean, she 80 something. I, I stay in the Bible praying. I, I think that's the reason, you know, I survived some of the stuff I survived. Then I called the major, and I was in England. I'll never forget it. I said, hey, mom, I'm saved. And at first, I thought she would have been jumped out. She said, well, I thought he was going to bring you home so you could get saved. <laughs> you know, because I was in England, you know, so I, I laughed like y'all did. And, 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 a, and a couple of years later, I called mom because I was still in England. Hey, mom, I'm saved, but now I'm preaching. She amazed, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so when I come home, she wants me to preach. And she put it on TV, on the radio. And when I look out there, half the people I look, was looking at was the people I went to school with. Because <laughs> they know how I used to roll. <laughs> they come in and see that, hey, this, this, this can't happen. That's right. Just like the angels. They uh, made, nobody knows what God has, the plans that God has for you, That's right. but God. That's right. And so you need to make sure that you just walk in the plans that he has for you. Amen? Amen. You, somebody said what? Oh, yes, he will. But we have a church up in here tonight. Won't he do it? Verse 11 through 13. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart in my tribulations on your behalf, for they are for your glory. So Paul here said, listen, man, to the Ephesians and to us, don't lose heart because of what I'm going through. I willingly go through what I'm going through because it's for you and your glory. This dude in prison don't care about his situation, 
But he knows it's imperative that I get this message that God has given me out to the people who can benefit from it the most. The Ephesians, to Major, to Drake, to DeAndre, to Linda, to Almanita, to all of us who are in Christ. See, I think Anthony alluded to this. Everything that God does has a purpose. Everything. The eternal purpose of God has been accomplished in Christ, and in him we have the boldness and the confident access we talked about. Death. The first thing he said, don't lose heart. Again, he says it's for your glory. As a believer, you need to understand this. Life is so glorious that when we do go through the little suffering we go through, as Major said, is worse than reward. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we, we, we go through some stuff. We all do. Anybody that said they don't, they probably telling you a fib. And I was nice by using the word fib. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, verse 14 through 21, we're doing good. Y'all might get out here early tonight. Amen. God has redeemed the time for you. Verses 14 and 21 are about believers experiencing spiritual power and contain one of the greatest prayers in the New Testament. Now that Paul has went back and addressed some additional matters in chapter 2, he goes and starts to address where he started off in verse 1 of chapter 3. If you recall, I told you that Paul started to discuss in verse 1 of this chapter the application. Somebody say application. Application. See, it's one thing to know something. But if you don't apply what you know, you just know something. (laughs) But it ain't going to change your life. If you don't apply this, what you know, if you don't apply this Bible, your life will not change for the better. So Paul goes back and he says, now here is the application process. He starts like this. For this reason. He's going to go back. First one he started, for this reason. He stopped, went back to chapter 2. For this reason, I bow my knees. Wow. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. For this reason, for this cause, Paul bows and kneels before God the Father. See, bowing is a sign of desperate need and dependency. Yeah, that's it. When they bowed, that shows, hey, I am in need desperately, and I am depending on the person who I'm bowing to. (laughs) Paul said, listen, I am in desperate need, Adrian, but but it ain't for myself. 
I am in desperate need, but it ain't for me. I am in desperate need for the Ephesians. I am in desperate need for the Gentiles. I am desperate need for you and I. He is displaying a desperate need. You know, I said dependency, right? He goes to the one and only person you can truly depend on. <laughs> Come on now. I know. Anybody besides me that failed somebody who was dependent on them? <laughs> Didn't mean to it. It was just my humanistic. I failed. So Paul don't take Paul don't take this request to no man. He takes it to the all dependable God. He bows before him, glory, and here's what he says. He's praying. You know, I thank God for our prayer ministry. You know, that was birth, uh, Adrian and some others. Been going on for how long now, Adrian? It's been going on a long time. Takes a lot of effort to make that happen. A lot of people being blessed by that prayer line. They used to do it every night of the week. Now, they, you know, they, they, they modify. But even in that, which is a blessing, people in the Christian arena don't know, not this group, the importance of prayer. You know, I bet you if I did a study, not in here, and talk to some Christians and ask them how often they pray, we would probably be surprised at that number. Prayer is how you communicate to God and how he communicates to you in addition to his word. And Paul's going to show us <laughs> there's some things you can't get access to simply because you ain't intimate <laughs> enough with him. What? We're going to get there. And so he's praying. He's praying to the all-dependable God. In doing so, he returns the idea of family. If y'all know, remember I told you the theme is family. He continues to put in the idea of family. Jews and Gentiles who believe in Christ are both part of God's household. Brothers and sisters in Christ. Equal access to the Father. Verse 16. That he would, this is still a prayer. He's praying for whom? Who? Us. I, I want to make sure we don't lose that focus. The, the Gentiles, the, the, the Ephesians. 
that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Did y'all catch it? Let me say that. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory so that you be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man. Paul prays for God to grant them to be strengthened with power in their inner man, which simply means their inner being, their spirit. God, he's praying to show that you, your spirit will be strengthened. He wants the Ephesians and us, Anthony, to have increased spiritual strength. And the way you get this increased spiritual strength is through the interworkings of his Holy Spirit that's within you. It's an inside job. See, see, the, the challenge a lot of times that we deal with is we're fighting from the exterior. And you can't win this. Or, or you can't have access to all these spiritual blessings when you're working from the exterior. It got to come from the in. It's an inside job, right? See, what you and I need primarily is not a change in our situations. A lot of times we're asking God to change our situations. When what we really need is an internal change. <laughs> Lord, move my situation when all you need him is to move in you. <laughs> so that when he moves in you, you can handle whatever situation. <laughs> you ain't got to reload. You can handle wherever you are. <laughs> Work on the inner man. See, only through the internal spirit of God can we overcome this flesh. That's it. If you ain't got the Holy Spirit working with you, this flesh will make you do some stuff. But the Holy Spirit will put him in check. <laughs> yes, he will. Flesh rise up the spirit. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead, get, get the mic, get, get the mic. No, 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 we want you, I know you just want to make a quick blurb, but we want to hear that quick blurb. So greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen, amen. Only through the internal spirit of God can we conquer temptation. Come on, Major. Only through the Spirit. Only through the Spirit can we conquer trials and tribulations. <laughs> Only through the Spirit. Only through the Spirit can you conquer grief and death when that stuff come hit you. Only through the Spirit. <laughs> and he's telling you, you need to increase your spirit, man. So when those times come, you'll be able to handle. 
That's why if you look, a lot of times you'll see people that, that are not operating with the, within their spirit man or don't have access to the spirit man, they fall apart when tough times come. There's some people who lost a lot of ones. They couldn't handle it. And they took themselves out because they didn't have God wants you and I to increase our spirit man so that we can have access. Verse 17 through 19. Watch this. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you be rooted and grounded in love. Increased spiritual strength requires, as I told you before, spiritual intimacy. I'm going to stop right here for a minute. Intimacy simply means closeness. It means time. It means quality. If you're going to increase your spirit, man, you've got to be spiritually intimate with the Holy Spirit, with God, with Jesus. You've got to spend time. You've got to get close. And it's got to be It can't be that time where you get ready to go to bed and halfway in the conversation. Just when you don't say it all, you about to say, Greg, I'm, I'm just you. God get ready to reply and you go. And you don't miss the response. <laughs> I think we all been there, but hey, man, you know, that's why we learn and we do better. Amen. Dwell in your hearts through faith. He's not talking about salvation here because he's writing to the Ephesians who are already believers. The Greek word for dwell means to make yourself at home. Yeah. How many of you ever had some people come over your house, Myrna? You invite them, a guest. You know, you come in, you say, hey, make yourself at home. Anybody did that before? Yeah, I, mean, I think most of us did. But when you say that, you don't mean them jokers can get up and go walk around through your house and go through your... <laughs> you don't mean you, they just get up and walk through your closet and go, go in your refrigerator? No, 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 no. We say that, but we really... We don't really mean make yourself at home. We really make yourself a home right there in this room that I put you. <laughs> and you better ask to go permission to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Stay right here. Even though I said make yourself at home. But when it comes to Jesus, you got to allow him to make himself at home. You got to allow him to have access to every room. You, 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 you know, some of us got that, that junk drawer where ain't never junk in it. Some of us got that room, that closet that we wouldn't let nobody see. Because <laughs> this mess is all. <laughs> but Jesus wants access to the messy closets in your life. 
Only if you give him access can he clean them up. We're talking about increased spiritual strength. Increased spiritual strength. He says that they may be rooted and grounded. We've heard that many times, right? Rooted and ground. In Alabama, he said, rooted and ground. Which simply means firmly established in love. Paul wants them to be like plants with deep roots. See, plants with deep roots are more likely to survive than those that are on shallow ground. He wants them to be like a building that's on solid foundation. You know, solid foundation, right? He wants them or their love to go deep. Oh, glory. He wants your love to go deep. Why does he want your love and my love to go deep? Verse 18, I'm glad you asked that question. It says this, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. Here's why he wants you to go deep. So that they may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, width, height, and depth of God's love. To, love, to know Christ's love that surpasses all understanding, right? All knowledge. He wants us to have an increased comprehension. He wants you to comprehend more. He wants you to have a deeper understanding of God's love. He says, and he knows you can't do it by yourself. That's why he said with all the saints. See, it's imperative that as a Christian, you realize that you by yourself is limited. That's why a lot of times, Greg, the enemy wants to pull you by your. He wants to take you outside of the fellowship with the saints and put you by his. Why? Because if he gets you by himself, he stands a better chance. But when we work together, when we're in one accord, when we're showing love for each other, when I see Pam, when Pam sees me, and the Lord allows, illuminating, give her revelation, she can come and encourage. May not, he may not even tell you what it is. Just say, it's going to be all right. The Lord wants me to tell you. Sometimes that's all he do, maybe. It's going to be all right. And you, you know, we like, man, I didn't know you. But God did and so God wants us to, to understand that we're better as a 
family. He says he wants them to comprehend, and it's a mind-boggling stuff, mind-blowing. He says he wants them to know the length and width, height and depth of the love of God in Jesus Christ, a love that surpasses knowledge. Did y'all catch some words? He wants them to know something that is beyond their capacity to understand. <laughs> listen, man. He said, hey, listen, man. He throws out these things, but he knows that this is beyond your comprehension. Just think about it. Paul wants us to know that we got to be totally dependent on God and the Holy Spirit. Listen, no matter how much you know, you still don't know all to know about God and his love. Listen, I, I, listen, I know, I, I know Anthony, you've been, you've, been, you've been walking this thing a long time. I, I, I remember your testimony, you shared it with me. You know, preach a kid the whole nine yards, but you still can learn more about God and his love. All of us can. And that's what he's trying to get us to understand. Paul wants them to experience the reality of Christ, of God working in their lives, which has no limit. He prays that they will have an increased spiritual capacity so that they may be full or filled with the fullness of God. Filled with the fullness of God. Here's what I learned. Many Christians desire to experience a large amount of God's blessing. They want it all if you talk to them. Yet they have a, only a small relationship with the Lord. God wants your spiritual capacity increased so that you can be filled. Verse 20. Now to him who's able to do more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Paul concludes this prayer, and many of you heard this because a lot of time it's referred to as what? The benediction. Yeah? Well, that's what a lot of times you hear. It's called benediction. By pointing to the God who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. Wow. Did y'all catch that? To the God that can do who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. Just think about some of the things that God has done. If you ask the boys, the Hebrew boys, they'll tell you that God can deliver you in a fiery furnace. <laughs> if you talk to Daniel, he'll tell you God will close the mouth of a lion. If you talk to the blind man, he'll tell you that God can, <laughs> can make it you see. God can do 
anything above what you can ask or think. And he closes with verse, whoa, I, I can't miss this part. God can work a ceiling volume beyond our wildest dreams, but it's according, I'm, I'm going to miss this, and this, that's, this is the important part here, all of it is, but if I don't point this out, you may think, but it is according to the power that works in us. God's power works in accordance with the believer's spiritual strength, intimacy, and capacity. Everything for which Paul is praying for. Verse 21. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Here's what he says here. To him be the glory in the church to all generations. We are what we think. You are what you think. But here's the thing that you need to walk out of here with a lot of other things that you learn. The greatest manifestation of God's glory is through you. God wants, you know what manifestation means, right? Anybody know what manifestation? To make visible. The way people see God it's through you. And so if they're going to see God through you, you want to make sure that we are representing him in all spiritual strength. Any questions on what we discussed? Go ahead, Greg. Get him up. I just wanted to make a comment back to verse 9, but... Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, no, verse 19. Okay. When you're speaking about passing knowledge. Mm -hmm. And it just made me think about back in Proverbs where it says, you know, lean not unto your own understanding. Amen. And all thy ways acknowledge him. That's good. And he will direct our path. Oh, that's good. That's good. Hey. Amen. Well, I thank you so much for your attentiveness. I, I, I pray that God has blessed you with a, something that you can apply to your lives. Uh, this concludes our Bible study portion. We're going to go ahead and um, just read our announcements, and then we'll, do, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and conclude. And so our announcement, 